Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the VMTV Guinness Six Nations Rugby Pod. I'm Dave McIntyre. We are into the week of round four, although of course we do have one outstanding game to be played after the culmination of this year's championship. As always, I am joined by Matt Williams and Alan Quinlan uh, an hour or so after we have learned the identity of the 15 that will take the the field against Scotland at Murrayfield on Sunday afternoon. England-France is the other big game this weekend and Wales head to Rome to take on the Italians. Of course you'll be able to see all three of those games live on Virgin Media 1 starting tomorrow afternoon and then Sunday afternoon for the big one where Ireland are at Murrayfield. Matt and Alan, thanks really for joining us as always. Cheers Dave. Glad to, Cheers, Dave. to look ahead. Yeah, it's great to be able to look ahead and hopefully we'll Bring a little bit of positivity and optimism to our discussion in and around this game against Scotland on Sunday. The team was named uh, earlier this afternoon. Three changes made by Andy Farrell, Keane Healy, Rob Herring. They're both back in the front row and Keith Earls has returned to the wing in place of Jordan Larmer. Your thoughts, Alan, on the, the three changes? I guess the two main issues were around scrum half and hooker. He's left one of them alone. He's made a switch in the other position. Yeah, I think um, obviously with Conor Murray coming back onto the bench, um, he's uh, he hasn't played in a number of weeks and Gibson Park has done, I think he's had a couple of defensive lapses, but he's, his overall game has been very good. And uh, the other big debate probably would have been and the, um, would have been around Rob Herring and, and, and uh, Kelleher, Ronan Kelleher. I, I see this one... Um, this selection going back to Rob Herring because of the lineout and that the need to have possession. I think we've we've uh, we've done very well possession wise against Scotland and we've we've seemed to be able to impose our our tempo and our physicality on them in, in you know the in the last number of years and we've been pretty successful at doing that. So I see it as an area that's really crucial with Scott Cummings and Johnny Gray. Uh, Jamie Ritchie, Matt Fagerson, these guys can can I'm sure they'll be trying to trouble that Ireland lineout. So it's it's about precision, and it's that's not saying that uh, Ronan Keller isn't a good thrower of the ball. I just think he's in a, relatively a little bit inexperienced at this level. And I've got to say, Herring's darts are just they're on the money. He can hit the jumper right at the top. He can put it in over a pod, and he has that little bit of experience. Um, and maybe. A confidence about his throws. I think his line-out darts are excellent. So Ronan Kelleher, um, the impact off the bench will be really important, and that's probably key. When you think that you know you could be bringing on Ronan Kelleher, Dave Kilcoyne, Ryan Baird, Jack Cohen, and Connor Murray, um, Larmer. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of big players there that that will play a big part in this game. So Keith Earls comes back in for Jordan Larmer again. It's probably a little bit of experience. Um, you know, Earls has never let the side down. I thought he played really well against France. Um, Larmer got an opportunity against Italy and didn't really, obviously went off injured before, just before half time. So we, we haven't seen that outstanding X factor brilliance from Jordan Larmer. He's had his injuries um, and he still has that ability. But I think, you know, he's just, Keith Earls gets the nod there, probably 
a little bit of experience. And I think if you were in, uh, if Ireland get into a position where they can manage the tempo of the game and, and get some scores on the board and start well, I think you'd be a great in, in a great position if you're leading in the second half to be able to bring on those kind of players. So no real surprises, I think, there, you know, and, and I like the makeup of the team. I have a few questions that arise out of um, Quiddy's comments there, Matt, on the general team selection. Firstly, has Andy Farrell picked a team maybe with the side that he intends finishing the game in mind in some respects? Matt, I'm putting that to you, sir. It's, it's a very good observation. Yeah, very good observation, Dave. I, I, it's a difficult one. I, I'm with Quinny. I like the side of the team. I personally think that it's it's the team, it's a safe team. It, it, and there's a lot of pressure riding on this game for the coaches. So there's no, no two ways about it. If a loss in this game and they're facing one and four for the tournament, and that's, that's huge pressure. So they're going there with a lot of fear. So there's no gambles in those selections. But there, there is also no doubt um, that the guys on the bench have done a really good job off the bench for the coach. And sometimes that can be a negative for the player because the coach says, well, I can use him later in the game. I'm going to keep him there with a young guy saying, let me out, let me out. I want to play. I want to play. And where Kelleher could play. But I, I, I think the, the gamble for me in the Herring selection is they're standing Herring on defensive lineouts at seven. In other words, he's the guy from the tail racing up on the 10. And quite frankly, he hasn't done it. If you go back and watch the French try, France identified that and they took him out of the play because he just goes sideways. And if you watch how they manipulated putting uh, Dupont and then a Jalabert sliding outside him and hitting Fiku, it completely took out that defensive system. So if they're going to persist with Herring for all the reasons that I agree with Quinny with, they've got to do something about what he does there. I, I personally would put him in the line out and put Connors there to go forward and put pressure on him. Because as, as Alan knows, the, the key of that is you might never get to the 10, but you're making pass early. You're making, you can't take the ball to the line. So what happened on that try against Ireland was France took the ball to the line and Ireland never recovered. They got too far across the game line. Is it Jack Conan did very well off the bench? Conor Murray, I think, I don't think he's just got enough um, miles under his belt because he's had a hamstring. We know, we know from the GPS, the nines and the 15s do more, high speed running than any players in the field. I just think Connor's physically not ready for it. So you, you might be right, Dave, but I also think that that there's a little bit of, this is so high pressure, I'm going with a safe option. Yeah, that's definitely one way of looking at it, Quinny, but I'm looking at this bench and I'm thinking maybe with 50 minutes on the clock, the sheer amount of power and ball carrying ability that Kelleher, Kilcoyne, Porter, Baird, Conan bring the experience and the class of Conor Murray, he will feel he's got a point to prove. And then the electrifying ability to change a game of Jordan Larmer. That if Ireland are in this game, heading into that final quarter, they'll surely be able to change the game if necessary with that level of talent coming in. Yeah, and it's not often you're looking at a bench and we're having conversations about a bench, but it is a strong bench. It's going to be crucial when he brings them on. Um, and it depends where Ireland are at. If you're chasing the game, you know, bringing on Ryan Baird, Jordan Larmer, Kilcoyne, Keller, these guys, they're not coming on to close out a game. These guys can make line breaks. They can mm. do something special. They can real, bring a real impetus. 
So hopefully they're coming on that Ireland are in a good place or the game is close enough. I, I see this game being very, very tight. One of the key areas Ireland have to be very so much better at is their line speed. Matt mentioned it there. We sat back in our heels a little bit, albeit France, you know, have incredible power and they're more powerful than Scotland. But, um, you know, we, you've got to go after Finn Russell. If you let Chris Harris and Sam Johnson in the centres do their thing, get the ball to Van der Merwe with space, they can really hurt your Stuart Hogg coming into the line. So I think Ireland's defensive line speed has to be good. Um, and and like I went back to saying, Keller's line-out drawing, win our line-outs, play in the right areas. And Ireland won't fear playing against Scotland, trying to run out over and playing with tempo, building phases. And they've proven that the game in November, where a lot of us thought Scotland would potentially win that game in Dublin, I thought that was Ireland's best performance of, of the, the Nations Cup. Um, so, look, the, the, the thing is, where's Scotland's confidence? You know, they were brilliant against England. We just don't know where England were at, but they brought an aggression and an energy. And I think we'll see that on Sunday. They really are sick of Ireland beating them in Pro 14, in European games, in, in, and in, in, at international level. So I, I, I really feel they're going to be super, super aggressive. And look, Ireland, I think they won't be found wanting because there's a desperation, as Matt said, if they lose this game, it's a really dreadful Six Nations. Even if they were to get a win against England at the end, two out of five would be terrible. But it heaps way more pressure on the last game. So um, the impact off the bench, of course, is going to be vital. But the players going out onto the field have got to perform. You've got to get eight and nine out of ten uh, when you're rating the players afterwards. If you get six and sevens, Ireland will be, will be beat. So they've got to play well and, and, um, and start this game well. Matt, is it a bit overdramatic to say that maybe guys like Rob Herring and Keith Earls, who've got the nod here, that they are maybe being given one more opportunity to prove that they are still the guys to trust for the games next weekend and then heading through the summer and into the autumn instead of a Jordan Larmer and a Ronan Kelleher, that if they don't really stand up and deliver a performance this Sunday, that those other two guys will start against England and that then that might be something so close to the end of being a regular test selection for both Keith Earls and Rob Herring. Am I going a bit too far with that? No, you're not, Dave. No. I, 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 I really believe that uh, Kelleher and Lama are the players to take us to the next World Cup. There's no, in my, my mind, there is absolutely no doubt in that. But because the team is not winning, there's huge pressure on the coaches. So they're not thinking to the World Cup because they mightn't be there. If they end up one and four, you know, they're, 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 there's going to be a review and they might not be there. So they're just trying to win this game. So what you're saying, Dave, is absolutely correct. Win this game or we're in trouble. And um, long-term view, I, I, I've got greatest respect for Keithy Earls. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, he's just been a great servant for Munster and Ireland. I admire him. I respect him. And he, does, he has earned all our admiration. I, I think the fact that he's only been offered a short-term contract tells us where, and he's accepted that, tells us where the Irish Rugby Union are with him. And, and you look at the talent and the competition in the wing area, in the back three area, it's immense. You know, Stockdale doesn't make the 23. Uh, there's a lot of uh, talent coming through in that area. But I, I, I'm with you on that. I think this is last chance to learn. Um, as I said before, I've got, uh, Herring's work rate is very good. 
I've got real problems with the way they're using him for exactly what Quinny says. You know, we've got to, I think one of the other aspects of this, Dave, it, it's, it's sort of away from your question, but it's related to it. Ireland have got to respect this Scottish side because for years, Ireland have gone in just saying, we're going to beat these guys. We're going to beat them. We're going to beat them. And they have. Uh, you know, the, the record of Ireland against Scotland over 20 years is extraordinary. So, but this is the best Scottish side I've seen since 99. Like they have got a pack that can stand up to opposition teams. That's the, that's the basis of it. And they've got players with X Factor in the backs can win a game. They haven't had that since they won the, the, um, the competition in, in fortunate terms in 99. So this is, this is a very good Scottish side. If you don't put pressure on Finn Russell and make him play deep, if you just let him come forward, and again, that's what Quinny's saying about our speed, it, they can really hurt you. They've got a short kicking game. They've got a long kicking game. They've got players with X Factor. So these guys don't measure up. They're not going to go through to the England game. The England game, in trouble. Let's put the young guys in. Let's let them go. But for a lot of players and staff, this is a very, very big, uh, big stakes game. Okay. Line not the best at the moment, Matt. So hopefully we can uh, get that sorted. Looking elsewhere in that team, I talked about Keith Earls and Rob Herring maybe being somewhere near a last chance saloon. I'm not willing to write them off because they've both shown how well they can play for Ireland at Quinney. But looking at James Lowe, particularly with the fitness of Jacob Stockdale in mind, he's been selected at fullback for the Pro 14 this weekend. He's getting another game under his belt this weekend. Jordan Larmer's also coming back from that injury still, the shoulder surgery, but he's a couple of games into it and will probably feel a bit hard done by that he hasn't started. Is Sunday James Lowe's final opportunity to show that he's a test class winger, both with and without the ball? I don't. I don't think it's a final final opportunity for any of them. I think um, what I would like to see out of the back three players, I think Hugo Keenan is the only one that we could say is a nailed on starter mm-hmm. um, from the start of the tournament. So um, we haven't had that sort of consistency in selection uh, in, in in the back three. We scored one try in this year's competition from our starting back three players, and that was Hugo Keenan against Italy. Keith Earls came off the bench and scored right at the end. So they need to make more of an impact. And, and you know, Scott, Stockdale scored seven tries in the 2018 Six Nations. We won the tournament. You know, back three players are your strikers in football. They score winning tries. They, they're the ones that you got to try and get the ball to. They're the X-factor players, the ones with the pace. So James Lowe is... In my opinion, yeah, he is an international player, but we haven't seen, and it is a, there is a difference in playing free Leinster. Leinster are very dominant in most of the games they play. James Lowe gets the ball in space. He's been kicking more for Ireland. I'd love to see him coming off his wing a little bit more and them to utilise him. He's 100 kilos, you know, he's strong, he's powerful. Um, of course, he has that, the ability to be, to be at that level, but there's still some question marks um, the fitness, the relentless energy of international rugby, the pace of it, you know, the kick retreats, uh, getting back to your full back, being an option for him to pass, to receive a pass for him, to counter-attack, all that kind of stuff. I think he needs to get sharper at all that stuff. There's no doubt when you give him the ball in hand, he can be devastating. Um, so, look, hopefully he can, he can have a good game on Sunday. I wouldn't say if he didn't play well that it's the end of him. I think he needs to get better in some of those areas that I mentioned and hopefully he can do some of that. Every player has has strengths and weaknesses. 
one of James Lowe's big strengths is when he has the ball in hand, when he's running at people with pace, he's very, very difficult to stop. So it's the weaknesses he needs to just improve a little bit, that kick retreat stuff and, and uh, you know, popping up more. His kicking game is very good as well. So it's not, it wouldn't be his last game, no, but he has to have a, good, a big one on Sunday. I think there's pressure on all of the Irish players right across the board. Four changes for Scotland. Sean Maitland and Sam Johnson have come into the back line and then two in the pack. WP Nell is into the front row and Jamie Ritchie is in back into the back row. I'll put this one to you, Quinny, because I want to ask you about the two front rows and with all due respect to Matt, yeah, I don't think he spent a minute of his life in a front row <laughs> at any stage. The games in the past between these two, Ireland have always felt confident they could beat up the Scottish pack. Is this now a game where maybe that is no longer the case, that Scotland have proven against England in particular at Twickenham that they can actually handle themselves against most packs and that our ability to at least break even in terms of what's going to go on up front is no longer guaranteed against the Scots. I think that yeah, the times it, are changing in that regard. Most games you play at international level, there's very little um, in um, difference in, in the scrums. Um, you don't see teams walking the opposition backwards. Um, but I think Tyke Furlong, he's he's um, obviously still undercooked a little bit for, for, for match practice, but um, he's vital on Sunday that he gets the right angle for Ireland and locks out that scrum. There's more pressure in the tight end. Rory Sutherland, for me, is is a, an outstanding find for Scotland the last couple of years and, and someone who would be in the, on the plane going to South Africa if a Lions tour goes ahead. Um, so I think there's there's massive emphasis on on, on how Tyke Furlong handles that. And, and Keane Healy, so much experience. He's he's coming up against WP Nell. He would have played against him a lot, a lot. Uh, Fagerson is missing um, after being suspended. So I don't think we ever looked at the Scottish game and said we're going to walk them backwards. But it's just getting that small little nudge, getting the angles, and and you know there'll be an emphasis on getting Keane Healy a little angle up to stop Fagerson or Ali Price sniping off the back of the scrums. But um, it's an area that's very very important. You might get one or two penalties in the game. Uh, depending, usually we see these penalties when you're defending five yards out or you're attacking five yards in. Um, so I, I, the Ireland front row for me is is and the two props are very very experienced, and um, you know they'll be able to. I'm not sure it, it's you can't say they'll dominate, but I think they'll hold their own no problem, and I think they'll certainly be trying to get a little nudge and an edge on on WPNL and and Sutherland. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
what sort of a game are you expecting, Matt? The conditions are going to be difficult, but with a bit of luck, it'll be dry. It'll be a typically blustery Edinburgh afternoon, though. And as we know, it can get very cold there. There are Six Nations days, even in the middle of March. That's Scotland back three. It's got so much menace to it, doesn't it? That if we kick maybe as badly as we did against the French, for example, that we are really going to be struggling. Are we going to be putting boot to ball as often as we have done in the past? Dave, when I got to uh, Scotland, uh, the groundsman, who was a lovely fellow, said to me, he said, Matt, there's two seasons in Scotland, June and winter. And it's not June, so it's going to be winter there. And Murrayfield's a very um, strange stadium because the, the stands are a different height. So the wind, doesn't matter whether it's a north area or, or, or an easterly there, it's, it's just like a, a, a whirlpool. So on one side of the field, it's blowing one way. On the other side of the field, it's blowing the exact opposite. It's quite an extraordinary stadium. I've never been in a place like it as far as wind's concerned. Ireland kick poorly. Uh, they'll be in one because it's hard to control, but the other part is, you know, um, Stuart Hogg is in some absolutely scintillating form. He's the Lions fullback right now. His counter-attacking has been a joy to watch. Um, and I hope the young man keeps doing it because I'm watching him do it. If Ireland's kicking game against France was appalling. It was very bad against Wales. The kicking out of hand this tournament has not been good. They didn't have to kick out of hand against um, uh, Italy because they want to run the ball. So there's going to be two aspects to that. I think Scotland are going to use Ali Price to a great little chip over the top for a try. Mate, uh, they, Wales, you know, wasn't, they didn't score off that move. They scored later on. But if Ireland kicked to them, they've also shown they're capable of counterattack. So Ireland are going to have to be very measured in this. The difficulty for Ireland is if they just run up the guts like they did there a couple of years ago, it's not going to work. They've got to have a better plan than that. So again, the pressure's back on Ireland to not just box kick, to not just hit their forwards up tight, but have a plan where they can manipulate that defence and not bring the back three, the Scottish back three into the game. If you invite Hogg and uh, Ben Demure and Maitland into the game, you're going to pay for it. They're, they're, they're a very, very good back three. Alan, before and after the Italian game, my cat, Jonathan Sexton in particular, were insisting that we were going in the right direction, that the seeds of growth were now starting to sprout and that we would start seeing real progress with the ball. And we definitely saw some of that against Italian, against Italy, albeit with the qualification that it was Italy, who are unfortunately pathetically poor at the moment. Are you anticipating that we will see a little more progress and development again with the ball on Sunday? And if we don't, and if we lose this game and haven't really shown anything in attack that can really get us feeling encouraged by the attack, are we in a really bad place then? Um, yeah, it'll be, there'll be more questions asked for sure. I think there's there's definitely a need to have variety in an attack. Um, and I suspect unless the weather conditions completely deteriorate and both sides have to kick the letter off the ball, I think both sides are going to try and attack and 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 get a bit of width in their game. Um, it's it's about game management. This is this is cup rugby as well. I think um, Ireland are not going to go there and and just move the ball in a wide wide situation just for the sake of it. You've got to go forward and they've got to be physical and there will be times. But the attack, Dave, is all about. It's not just your back line taking it off the line out and striking the ball up and coming up with a couple of strike plays off scrums either off first or second phase. It's the shape that you get in on multi-phase. It's the forwards, the kind of lines they're running. Are they an option in that front line? 
Um, are they holding defenders? As Matt said, are they manipulating the defence? And, you know, when you build 8, 10, 12 phases, you hope then that you're going to get a few mismatches or you're going to get um, uh, more numbers than them. And you score or you make line breaks and you get into good positions. That's good attack. It isn't about just firing the ball wide all the time. So I think it's just having variety in different moments. And I, I we've seen it. Um, I think the hit out against Italy will stand to Ireland very well because I think some of the shape that they would have taken from the French game and the Welsh game, it looked better. Um, and it doesn't matter who you're playing. It's the lines are running. You're, you're, you know, the, the, those forward players who are in the front line when the ball is passed out the back, are they an option to be hit up? Do they hold a defender? And we saw a couple of instances in, in the French game where those forward runners in that front line, they never troubled that French defence. French, the French defenders just pushed off and then there was a lot of numbers in those wider channels and you don't make any sort of inroads. So we've seen signs of it. Uh, we need to see a little bit more. And I think if Ireland are going to win the game, we, we need to see that accuracy um, and that's, that's those little that little bits of variety from forwards and backs alike, uh, uh, team accuracy. Are Ireland going to win this game, Matt? It's a really hard, hard question to answer, Dave. Is it 50 Every 50 since 2003. Yeah, yeah. Since 2003, every time I thought Scotland had turned a corner, they've let me down. Um, and we, every time you pick them, you think, oh, this is it. They're going forward. They take another step back. We saw it against Wales. Now, it was a send-off. So there's just, can you depend on Scotland to continue their improvement? No, you can't. Where are Ireland? Look, I think we've just got to take, every time any team plays Italy, it's got to be taken off the table. I don't think we can take anything out of that, except they did their job. Give them credit, they did this point, there's a plus there. But so is everyone else. There's still huge question marks on this Irish attack. Um, and, and it's a 50-50 uh, call. It's a toss of the coin, and it's who turns up on the day and does it. I actually think for the first time in a long time, Scotland are favourites. Uh, even though I really like that Irish team, the effort and commitment of the Irish players over the last three games is unquestionable. It is unquestionable. They've tried their guts out. No one can ever question the heart, spirit or passion of the Irish team. I'm not questioning any of that. But the offensive tactics simply haven't worked against good teams. Now, that's the question I don't have an answer for. Can Ireland win it? Absolutely they can. But it's, it's, there's no guarantee here. It's going to be a, a really, really tough day that, that a lot of our questions are going to get answered by full-time at Murrayfield on Sunday afternoon. Well, fingers crossed Ireland do get their second win of this year's championship. That's live on Virgin Media 1 on Sunday afternoon. The big game tomorrow, lads, is it's, it's mouth-watering. England taking on France. England desperately looking for a little bit of redemption after what's been a torrid few weeks for them. France, from their point of view, hoping they've put their COVID woes behind them and they're going to take another step towards what they hope will ultimately be a Grand Slam winning season. In terms of the team news, Eddie Jones has made three changes. Charlie Yules has been preferred to Johnny Hill in the second row. Luke and Dickey gets the nod ahead of Jamie George up front in the front row. And behind the scrum, Elliot Daly dropped. First time since 2016, Elliot Daly has been dropped. So it's a first test start for Max Malins at fullback. The French have just welcomed back a whole plethora of players. And it's a real insight into the incredible strength and depth that Fabian Galtier and his backroom staff have to choose from at the moment. They've made four changes. Dylan Cretan is back in the back row. Roma Tafapanua is in the second row. And then you've got Teddy Tama and Virimi Vakatawa 
back in the back line. Jalabert is preferred to roam at Entomac, but Entomac is back. He's fit. He's re ready to go. And he's been named on the bench. Alan, the form line suggests this is going to be a French victory. They haven't won there in the Six Nations in 16 years, which is just quite incredible. But you've got an England team that must be desperately wounded at the moment. Points to prove all over the place. And maybe with their Saracens contingent finally now getting really important minutes under their belts. Yeah, they'll be much better England, I think, after after even after you know the loss against Wales the last day, which would have been kind of crushing for them. But a couple of those decisions really went against them in that game. And the reaction was um when they were down, uh they fought their way back into the game. Their discipline was shocking. Um, so if they keep giving away penalties, it tells you get five away. Such a wonderful player, but they've got to get that right tomorrow. And I suspect England will win this game. France haven't played in a couple of weeks themselves. They've had their own issues with COVID. But um, And then when you look at the French team, I think you look at Vakatawa coming back into the team. He's just a special player. Um, you know They don't lose any of the power with Tau Fifanua going in for Bernard Leroux in, in the second row and Cretton coming in for Jelanos in the, in the back row. They're, they're both superb players. Teddy Tama gives them that flair in the wing, but I, I suspect England will be able to match them physically. And I just have a feeling England would be better and uh, there'll be a real kind of urgency about them and that match practice will stand them a little bit better. But they're under pressure. If France start this game and if they get their confidence going, we know what the French are like. Um, you know, they could ask questions at that English side and maybe maybe we'll be chatting about England just not being good enough It's and, and, and that it's not down to match practice. Maybe they've got ahead of themselves and maybe he needs to make more changes in the team. But uh, I suspect England will be a lot better for that game tomorrow. What do you make of this matchup, Matt? Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful game of rugby to anticipate, isn't it? Interesting, we talked about the bench from Ireland for the first time. Uh, Galtier has picked a 6-2 split on his bench, only two backs, Serena and Entomac on, on the backs, brought that giant Montpellier back row, Wocky into the uh, onto the, the bench. Uh, Who wreaked havoc, Matt, in the Nations Cup final, which what was largely a second string French side. And I wonder, has he picked Wocky in that back row very much with that game in mind, what happened in December? Well, I, I think, and the other part, Dave, is uh, Jalabert stays at 10. Uh, who and I think he's really grown into the role, <clears throat> excuse me, over, over this period when Entomac's been out. I, 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 my guts are going with what Alan says. Like, England should win this at home. I was quite surprised at that stat, 16 years. Wow. I, 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 that, that caught me by surprise. I have underestimated this French side away from home a number of times. And what I don't know, and I don't know if everyone in Ireland's aware of it, the COVID uh, issues that have been in this team have been like uh, Harry and Meghan Markle in the press over here <laughs> has been like that. Like it's just been a absolute soap opera of accusations and feelings. It's just, you know, it's driving me mad to be honest with you. So, but it, it's definitely going to do one of two things. It's either going to um, solidify this team, they're all going to pull together or it's going to pull them apart. A lot of talk they're blaming Galtier. My Information is that Galtier is not. The team has pulled together and they, they, they are blaming the press and outside influences. If that's the case, if the French get a fortress mentality, they're in with a hunt here. Now, everything Quinny said is, I couldn't, I, you know, no point me repeating because I agree with every word of it. 
England should have won in Wales. They were robbed. They scored two belting tries. Like, they were really high-quality tries. England on their day at home, how do you pick against them? But I did that last November against the second and third French 15 who came out and were quite magnificent in, uh, at Twickenham and were under um, – sorry, I thought they were the better team lost that day. I thought France was a better team. So it's going to be a cracking game of rugby. Absolutely cracking game of rugby. And I, I you know, what I, I really hope France can win because they're playing exciting, smart rugby. And it's, it's great to watch. And that's good for the game. And I think if, if we can have a dominant French team back in their competition where they can win at Twickenham and these other places, I think that's really healthy for the competition. So I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying put your house on it, but uh, I hope France can do it. But, but uh, it's going to be tough. Interesting. It's the same referee, Andrew Brace, representing Ireland, that was in charge of that game in December. And there was a lot of fallout from that game. And he actually was subject to some terrible abuse in the days and weeks after that game in which the French feel they were wrongly denied what would have been a very important victory over England. As you say, Matt, they're not quite their second string, maybe even in some ways their third string. Quinny, they haven't won three Six Nations games away from home in a row in 10 years. For them to go to Dublin and to follow that up with a win at way to England, they've had a couple of statement victories since Jacques Brunel stepped away. This really would be one of those, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Of course it would. And um, it wouldn't surprise us um, if they did win the game because they're top quality players now who are full of confidence. And, you know, DuPont um, is just outstanding for them. Their back row is, is performing well. They have power and aggression up front. Howes is, is a very strong tight head for them. So Marshawn at Hooker, you're starting to name players now becoming regular starters for France. We've seen so much change over the last 10 years in team selection. So Fabian Galtier, Ibanez, Sean Edwards, these guys have, have, have instilled a, a calmness and a confidence in them that, you know, trying to bring out that flair that Matt is talking about and the way they naturally play, but doing the basics very well, so much better and being organised and having that shape. You know, Ireland had them on the rack for 20, 25 minutes in Dublin and they didn't panic. They stayed controlled. Their discipline was pretty good. They didn't give away the usual penalties that we expect when you put pressure on French teams. And then they go up the, the field and they score that try from Olivon and it changes the whole feel and outlook of that game. So um, they're a very good side. And um, they're, it's the, the mentality of this French side. They believe they can win away from home. So they'll be confident going there, but um, they'll know that they're going to face a very aggressive England side who are, are desperate not to lose again. Okay, well, thanks to both Matt and to Alan. Really looking forward to this weekend's games. Thanks a million for listening to us here on the VMTV Guinness Six Nations podcast. We are back tomorrow with our live coverage of all three games this weekend. Join us from half one. Joe's going to be in studio with Matt and Ian McKinley. Ron O'Gar is going to be joining us on Skype as well. And then on Sunday, it'll be Matt and Shane Jennings with... Ron Logara also on duty and Shane Horgan's going to be over at Murrayfield. So let's hope it's an Irish win and then we get the belter we are hoping for at least at Twickenham as England take on France. Our first game tomorrow is Wales taking on the Italians. Thanks for listening. We'll chat to you again next week. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 